Welcome to RBC's Markets in Motion podcast, recorded September 18th, 2023. I'm Lori Calvacina, Head of U.S. Equity Strategy at RBC Capital Markets. Please listen to the end of this recording for important disclaimers. Today in the podcast, three big things you need to know. First, the misery index has fallen sharply since last summer, helping explain the surprisingly strong move in the S&P this year. Second, deleveraging was one key theme that jumped out to us from RBC's industrial conference last week. And third, other things that jumped out from our high-frequency indicators last week include the recent improvement in bottom-up 2023 S&P 500 EPS forecasts, as well as the return of U.S. equity fund inflows. If you'd like to hear more, here's another five minutes. While you're waiting, a quick reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple and Spotify. Now the details. We'll start with takeaway number one. Monitoring misery has been helpful to understanding the stock market's move this year. Last week, one economic chart that caught our eye, which we haven't looked at in quite some time, was the misery index, or the sum of unemployment and inflation. What jumped out to us the most was that this indicator spiked to levels close to past recessions in the summer of 2022. Obviously, as inflation has moderated and labor markets have stayed resilient, this indicator has fallen sharply since last summer. We're adding it to our list of indicators that help explain why the stock market has been so strong this year. Even though a recession didn't occur in 2022, in some way, recessionary conditions were actually in place. We've talked about this before when we've pointed out how closely the S&P 500 has traded with trends in consumer sentiment over the past year, which on the Michigan survey hit recession-type extremes in 2022 as well. Our bottom line, we continue to view 2023 pricing in the S&P as a classic recovery trade. We're keeping a close eye on the misery index going forward and note it's picked up a little bit as summer has come to an end and investors have started to worry about a possible resurgence in inflation. Moving on to takeaway number two, deleveraging was one big theme that jumped out from our industrials conference last week. While we weren't personally able to attend RBC's industrial conference, we kept a close eye on the commentary coming out of our analyst teams. The thing that jumped out to us the most from a macro perspective was how much we were reading about deleveraging. This occurred alongside a healthy amount of discussion on buybacks and M&A. The commentary on deleveraging isn't too surprising given the buy side's focus on the impact of higher interest rates for longer in our recent meetings. Deleveraging has enjoyed a fairly consistent amount of attention in recent years among all public companies, and we expect this theme to remain in focus in coming months as Fed impacts in 2024 are debated. We'll wrap up with takeaway number three. What else jumps out from our high-frequency indicators? Both of the things we're highlighting here are positive data points for the stock market and help explain the recent resiliency, which has been a little surprising to us. First, 2023 earnings forecasts for the S&P are moving up. Bottom-up 2023 S&P 500 EPS forecasts moved up a notch in August. This is unusual in years where earnings forecasts started out the year too high. Normally, consensus forecasts are stable after the midpoint of the year and don't really move up this late. Secondly, U.S. equity funds are starting to see inflows again. U.S. bond flows have been steady in positive territory, but we've started to see inflows to U.S. equities return after a brief foray into negative territory. This return of U.S. equity inflows has occurred as flows to emerging markets, China, and Japan equity funds have weakened. Within the U.S., both large-cap and small-cap flows have improved, and within each of those, improvement in passive flows has been most noteworthy. Within large-cap, there's also been a much stronger improvement in growth and value that's driving the overall U.S. equity fund inflow return. 
That's all for now. Thanks for listening, and be sure to reach out to your RBC representative with any questions. This content is based on information available at the time it was recorded and is for informational purposes only. It is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation, and no recommendations are implied. It is outside the scope of this communication to consider whether it is suitable for you and your financial objectives. Music